The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm just going to tell you right now, this is going to be the single best show that you listen or watch after the NFL schedule has come out, because we've got probably the two best, smartest, most profitable guys I know when it comes to betting on the National Football League. Of course, we've got my normal co-host, Steve Fezzik, at Fezzik Sports, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl, professional football gambling. I should probably tell you, although most of you already know, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, a bunch of different podcasts, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Please follow, subscribe, the whole deal. But we're joined today, and I said this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast last month, early April. I said, after the schedule comes out, late May, Warren, I have to have you on the Even Money podcast. I don't know how Warren dissects the rest advantage and disadvantage within like seven minutes after the schedule gets released, but he does it. At Sharp Football, Sharp Football Analysis, I think most of you are familiar. Warren, welcome back to Even Money, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Obviously, love this time of year because most people are in the offseason. They don't care about the NFL. They're focused on other things or relaxing. Um, but there are things of note that we need to take away from the schedule release um, beyond just when should I buy tickets to go watch my favorite team play this big game. Um, there's a lot of things that the NFL did here that are unfair um, and that could provide edges from a betting perspective that we need to be aware of. So um, let me ask you this, Steve, because I know you read a lot of what Warren does. And I know that Warren, I mean, he's already put out a couple of things, the 10 things you need to know from the schedule. How much of that are things, how many of those things, Steve, are things that you take action on now versus filing them away and bringing that, bringing Warren's information out again during the season for in 
it, for example, with the rest disparity stuff? It's about 50-50. So I, I, I love the fact that Warren identifies the inequities of the schedule and it's so unfair. Warren, I got to tell you, I love unfairness. I wish there was more of it in the world because it <laughs> creates betting opportunities. So bottom line, if Warren talks about, hey, this, the poor Eagles have all of these games where they're screwed because they got to go on the road and they have a short rest, so it's a terrible spot. Well, then I want to fade the Eagles, but the problem is the Eagles are a team that the Sharps largely like this year. So the two really offset, so it, it doesn't really create a season win bet. But where it does is it creates an individual bet where I can decide, do I want to bet it in a game of the year now? Do I want to bet it down the road? So I have to make those determinations. Whereas sometimes just everything stacks against a team that you already don't like, like the Atlanta Falcons or the Carolina Panthers, for instance. So if Warren identifies a bad spot for a team like that, well, I'm going to bet against them now because I will forecast the lines are only going to get higher and higher for the teams like the Atlanta Falcons as everyone recognizes what a horrible year they're going to have. So, Warren, just to be clear here, that's really what we're talking about. It's not necessarily a mileage thing because we kind of already knew the mileage stuff. It's really just what the rest disparity is week to week. So there's individual week game line opportunities. And then if there are teams that have a number of games where they're on the short end of the stick and a team that has conversely a number of games where on the, the – they got the better of the rest disparity. Those are teams we want to take a look at with season win total numbers. Right. There's general rest disparity in totality cumulatively over the course of each game and then add it up for the entire season. And I've tweeted out a graphic that I pulled together uh, the night after they released the schedule. So I really don't sleep much that night. Um, these schedule makers, they say they take months and months. Obviously, I, I listened to your podcast, Ross, where you had one on the Ross Tucker show, uh, and you've had him on for, for weeks now. And they obviously do a very, very thorough job. They go, they pour through thousands and thousands of iterations. But it's clear to me what they are primarily looking for here is for the key games that stand out most. And we know that they sold this big package of games for Thursday night football to Amazon. And so they're trying to pull out the um, he called them, I believe, commodities, these different games that they've got. And, and they're trying to pull out the best games that they can showcase on these national stages. They're not as focused on the rest disparity. And we've seen that increase from last year to this year, even though I think some of my work is been in Peter King's article, for example, the last couple of years. And it's gotten a little bit more nationwide publicity we are seeing worse cases, worse instances of rest disparity, um, as well as inequalities such as teams playing multiple uh, short week road games, like Steve just mentioned, where it's not just the rest disparity, it's the fact that you're going on the road or these uh, Thursday night mini buy games where the Washington Commanders, for example, late in the season are playing four different teams that are off of these mini buys. There's different situations beyond just the totality of the rest disparity that we are capturing here. Um, I've basically prioritized like four or five different things that I think matter the most. I've got some data to back it up that we can get into as to why it matters. Um, and these are things that we can take advantage of both, as Steve said, in the season win total bets now, as well as either game of the year type lines. I mean, 
some sports books have lines up already for the vast majority of the games this year, or wait until we get into the season and then we can uh, figure out if we want to bet some of these things a little bit stronger if we have more conviction with some other data surrounding just the rest edge. All right, so this is the most important question I'm going to ask, and you're going to answer, in my opinion, Warren. We understand there's a rest disparity advantage for certain teams throughout the season and in a given week. What is the evidence? What is the proof that it makes that much of a difference? So I'll go, I'll go through three different scenarios here. I pulled together these numbers because I anticipated you might ask this type of question because I know from the schedule maker's perspective, they argue that it really doesn't make that big of a difference. Like over, overall, some of these numbers, yes, they exist. Um, we aren't focused as much on them, um, but we don't think they make much of a difference. And so we're focusing on getting the big games and the big teams matching up. And I know that's basically what their thought process is here. I would argue this. I'm going to present some very convincing evidence that shows why they do matter momentarily. So this is almost a moot point, but I will say this. Even if in a particular small sample size, these things didn't show that big of a difference, there's no reason that you should force one team into a corner having to deal with, for example, four short week road games in one season, whereas 21 teams play either zero or one such game. If it doesn't matter that much, it needs to be spread out a little bit more evenly, even if it, even if it doesn't matter, in my opinion. You can't force one team to have to deal with so much of this. But let's go into just more. Well, let me interject for one second. You know, I'm going to ask him next year. I'm going to ask him, you know, they put rules in the computer. Yep. I'm going to ask him, because I did ask him this year about, they used to have a rule in the computer that you couldn't do three road games in a row. They got rid of that rule to give them more inventory, to give them more options. I'm going to ask him if they, I don't know if they have any rest disparity rules in the computer as it spits it out, because I guess my contention would be they probably could put a rule or two in as it relates to rest disparity to make sure that that's a little bit more equitable and still spit out a schedule that gives them prime games and all the spots where they want prime games. I don't know if there's a way for them to put that rest disparity rule in, but I would think that they could, and I think that they could probably sort of have their cake and eat it too. Well, the problem is, Russ, I, I, Russ, I, I do agree that they could do this this upcom- for, for the future. They could introduce this rest disparity a little bit more into, into the schedule and try to even it out. There's less equality this season than there was even last year. And I've spoken with a couple of general managers and a team owner in the time that I've done this analysis. And a lot of them are, are frustrated that we're seeing these different things pop up on the schedule. So let me just show, Case, three reasons why it, just general rest disparity does matter. I'll talk about who it hurts the most in a second. But let's just look at this scenario. Since 2015, home favorites of between three and up to 10 points. So not 10, but you know, three to nine and a half points, home favorites. If those teams have a rest edge in their game, they are winning 70.8% of their games, but more importantly, they are covering 54.7% of their games. And on average, they're a four, sorry, they are a 5.4% favorite. I'm uh, sorry, a five point. 
their line is favored by 5.4. Okay. So right, hold, on, hold on one second. So two things. Number one, when Steve takes notes, that means what you said really matters. I watch Steve, Warren. When Steve takes notes, that means he like you know, what you said was seeming it's all I want to know though is what is the number for those home favorites three to nine and a half if they don't have a rest advantage? If they if they have equal rest, they only cover 45% of games, and yet the line that they're favored by is basically the same, 5.5 points on average. So it's a, it's a 9% difference? It's a 9% difference. And if they have a rest deficit, if they have less rest than their opponent, that ATS mark drops down to 40.8 ATS. And they're still a 5.5 average favorite in these games. And we're not talking about like a 20-game sample here. The sample for when they have equal rest is 478 games. The sample when they have a rest deficit is 143 games. Uh, there's a large enough sample dating back to 2015. And this is all weeks of the season, not the playoffs, all weeks of the regular season, three to nine and a half points. So that's example one where right, – Hold, hold look- on one second. Let, let Steve jump in with his question. Okay. Go ahead, Steve. Okay. I'm sure overall the numbers are still going to be good, but I don't care about home favorites three to nine and a half, Warren. You're cherry picking. Under a harvest moon, when the Bengals wear their black uniforms, they only cover 22%. I need to see how do the home favorites who have the rest advantage, because it should apply if they're favored by one, if they're catching five, if they're laying 13. You can't just take this micro subset of the three to nine and a half. Do you have the numbers on how every team does? Because magically, a five-point favorite shouldn't do better than an 11-point favorite or a pick home favorite with the rest edge. So the reason, the reason why this set matters more and i can pretty much tell you the numbers are so convincing it's not going to matter if we go beyond three beyond uh nine and a half points i don't have those numbers right here eat pretty easy to run but doing it on the show it's it's difficult um what i will say is this the reason why it does matter and i didn't want to include favorites that are lined by less than three in other words the opposing team is generally considered to be better given home field advantage we know it's less than three points right now but just ballpark figure most home teams that are viewed as equals or slightly better might be three or greater points is because rest disadvantages disproportionately hurts worse teams and or worse coaches those teams that have worse players or are less able to get prepared for these games thanks to their coaching staffs do much worse in these situations rest advantages favor the better teams not necessarily whether it's um, a, a situation where it's like the just the home team in general so here I, i'll go into some numbers that talk about that in a second but your point is valid you should look at a large subset i'm looking it, i would say argue that even three points and anywhere beyond that you are still going to find numbers that are extremely compelling. Now, here's another situation where obviously this makes sense. We had last year the first time that we had 17 games for these teams spread across an 18-game season with only one bye week still in there. So how did a rest edge fare when you were late on the calendar? Uh, Teams with a rest advantage over their opponent from week 14 through 18 went 21 and 11, which is 66%. And they covered 58% of their games. So teams with a rest edge over their opponent late in the year 
covered 58% of their games. And as you guys know and talk about a lot on the show, all you have to do is cover over 52.38% of your games, and you're going to start showing profit if you're betting against minus 110 juice. This 58% is substantial, and I know some of the um, – you know, the schedule makers may not think that that's a big deal, but in the gambling world, we know that be moving from, you know, what should be 52.38% if it's even to up to 58% is substantial. And then let me get into who it hurts the most again. Since 2005, so a larger sample went beyond this 2015 mark. Since 2005, underdogs that are playing that are underdogs of four plus points. So again, teams that are viewed as substantially worse teams um, playing with a rest disadvantage are 86 and 305. That's 22% and have covered just 45.8% of their games. Compare that to the same dogs that now aren't playing with a rest disadvantage. Those teams are covering 49.2% of their games. The last two years alone, Looking at that same exact sample, dogs of four plus points with the rest advantage or not. Um, the last two years, if they have a rest disadvantage, 42.1% ATS. If they don't have a rest disadvantage, 48.4% ATS. So I would argue actually that probably we as gamblers, as well as the schedule makers themselves, aren't taking this into consideration enough. Um, and it does provide good opportunities on a week-to-week basis. And as you know, Ross, um, a lot of people that are listening are probably going to say, well, some of these numbers are somewhat compelling. These could provide a little bit of an advantage, but how do we know when these games are? Well, I'm writing in the midst of writing this 500-page book that I put out every single offseason. It's called the 2022 Football Preview. I'm working on it now. I've been working on it for months. I'm listing out every single one of these games where there's rest advantages. So you could circle late in the year. You could circle this team has a plus three rest advantage. But just by and large and in general, the more days of rest and the worse the team is, the more of a disadvantage that and the later on in the season, the more of a disadvantage it's going to have. So, okay, I got I got like three more questions. This is awesome. I knew it would be. Warren's amazing. Athletic Greens are amazing. I started taking them because I don't like eating vegetables that much. Why not just drink your greens? 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. Look, there's a reason why all these guys like Tim Ferriss out there are taking it now. It costs less than $3 a day. Very efficient. Warren is making us more efficient with our betting. Steve always, he was up like 70 units this past year. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash money to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so Warren, now this is when I bring in Steve. So Steve, we've heard the data, okay? I am a believer. So first of all, big picture, and I'm a former player. I played seven years. Big picture, you're never going to make it equitable. So we could have a whole discussion of how much inequity is too much versus ratings for the product to have the salary cap go higher. You know, that's a whole other discussion, right? That's not what we're here for. What we're here for is I 
agree with Warren that there's something to the rest disparity. My question for you, Steve, is what does that mean? Does that mean you make more bets? Does it mean you go two units at a one unit? Like, how, how significant is the data in your mind, Steve, that Warren is presenting in terms of the action that we actually take? Overwhelmingly significant, and here's why. Warren just made the presentation excellent that late in the year, the crappy teams on short rest do terrible against the spread. Well, guess what? Their pro professional bettors are not dummies. They're already looking at these situations and they're saying, yeah, it's a horrible spot for the Carolina Panthers this week. I'm going to adjust my number of point. That's already built into the spreads. And despite those adjustments, these crappy teams are still only covering 45.8%. Well, if you get to it early and you're betting games of the year, you're betting look ahead lines, those lines are largely just set based upon power ratings, nothing else. So they haven't already been adjusted. So where I'm getting at is you bet a Los Angeles Chargers minus eight uh, hosting the Atlanta Falcons right now. I'm just throwing that out. I have no idea what what it is, if it's a short week game. And then it's probably going to close 10 and it probably should be 11, you know, based upon these different circumstances. So you can get ahead of these numbers and really benefit from it. I do have a question. Okay, so here's my question. Everybody knows who Warren is now. Like he consults for teams. He's got he's all over the media. His website's amazing. He's like a star, right? You we have him on this. We're one of I don't know, one of the five biggest betting podcasts for NFL. It's not a secret. So like why don't the books adjust their numbers more? I guess I'm not I guess because they don't need to because people don't take advantage of it enough. In other words, isn't Warren as soon as he as soon as I read his column Sharp football analysis, the 10 things you need to know. Isn't that already priced in or shouldn't it be, Steve? It's certainly not priced in. Um, You know, I don't want to get bookmakers angry at me, but if you don't work for Circus Sports or Westgate, you're probably a dumbo. Um, (laughs) Let me give an example of a bet that lost, okay? Everyone knows game sevens go under in the NBA. My son is 11 years old. He's like, Daddy, you, you, you bet the Boston game under, right? I said, yes. And he said, and you bet the Phoenix game under. It's a game seven. I'm saying, yes, he's 11 years old. Bookmakers, they, they forget. Oh, they went ahead, made those totals four points too high, and then the betters slowly adjust. The bookmakers, they're just going to look at the power rate ratings on the teams, and they're going to take the difference. They're going to adjust two and a half for home field, and boom, they're going to post their goys. That's a lot of work for the bookmakers. More work than, frankly, they want to do. They are never going to make more adjustments than that. And as far as well, why doesn't Warren's um, adjustments get made by the betters betting into the marketplace? Ross, there's there's five WNBA games tonight. There's the 15 baseball games. We're busy as professional betters. We can't tie up our whole bankroll betting December games. They forget the- about it by the time. So what they need to do, uh, and I'm not even, Warren, here's the other thing about Warren. He didn't even ask me to promote his book, but what they need to do, what everybody needs to do is buy Warren's book. How do you get it, Warren? It's up on shuffrefootballanalysis.com for pre-sale right now. It'll come out uh, very beginning of July. So basically, everybody needs to buy Warren's book, including me, and then every week during the season, but especially later in the season, bookmark the pages and then go back. And I mean, because the numbers he's talking about, Steve, 
even as well as we do, it's still 55, 57, 58%. Like he's talking about numbers more significant than that. Well, the other yeah. thing, just to, just to, not to interrupt, but just to interject one element here, um, as you know, and, and Steve's certainly well aware of this, a lot of these books out there gained their notoriety and their publicity by like throwing up their numbers really quick. So we saw a rush to, well, the lines are out for, or the games are set, the schedule is out there for all 18 weeks. So let's get some numbers up there now. I can tell you this, these bookmakers, see, I'm looking at the games. I run, like you said, I do my data very quickly. I've got a system. I can build it. I can figure out every single team that plays with the rest advantage every single week like that once I get the schedule because I've already built these things out. These bookmakers aren't looking at what the prior rest for the opponent that a team is about to play is when they're setting the number, like Steve said, they're quickly just seeing, well, the Carolina Panthers are playing the Atlanta Falcons week 16. Here's the power ratings on both. It's in Carolina. Here's what our number is going to be because they're trying to run out there and say that we've got all of our lines out, come bet with us. Um, and even now, they these guys, they've had some time to digest it. I didn't publish on my website or in the NBC article every single situation where there's a rest advantage. And in order to figure out where there is a rest advantage, you can't just look at who you play. You have to go through and like do calculations on your prior opponents. And it, it does take some time if you don't have the process set up properly. And I can guarantee you that all these guys that are hanging the game of the years have not taken the time to go through that process. So there still is an advantage right now in these future-looking numbers, as well as when we get close to those games in the season, you got the look-ahead lines, and you also have, of course, like the games on Sunday night when they open the lines and they start allowing you to bet a little bit more heavily than the game of the year numbers. Um, you can start attacking them then. Okay, right. okay, another question. Warren, go ahead, Steve. I got a question. You go ahead, Steve. I got another one. Well, well, well just by example, the bookmakers can't even get week one right. The Saints are at the Falcons. Every everyone knows the Saints are good this year. By the year. way, Steve, remember we're doing Week One lines next week. That's next week's right. episode. Fair enough. But everyone knows the Saints are a decent team this year, and they're they're and they're trying to win it. And everyone knows Atlanta's terrible. And that line is three and a half to four. And I hate to like. I know next week we're going to talk about who we like, but next week the line's going to be five, Ross. So lay the three and a half now on the Saints at the MGM. Who like like it's it, it, it's like they have no concept that there's still books that have three and a half in that game. One quick, I know you're going to ask a question. I want to ask a quick question with Warren. I hate the one thing I hate about the disparity in the rest. I think it should be capped at ten. If I'm playing a team off of a buy, the calculation says they've got 14 days to prepare. Well, they're in Cabo for three days. I really think it should be um, after 10 days. It shouldn't count extra days beyond that. So I'd like Warren's thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I don't look at um, I look at rest disparity. In other words, how many days more rest do you have than your opponent? So in those games, you have seven days of rest. So I don't get into, well, this team has 13 days total of rest before their next game. I, I look at the max. I guess actually there's a couple situations where there is an eight day rest advantage. Um, but for the, that's the most that I've seen over the last several years. So I'm looking and primarily focusing on just the edge, not the total rest in my calculations. So two things. One, I think this is really interesting because anecdotally playing seven years, never thought of this, never experienced it. 
never knew the other team had more or less rest than I did. And I always think, Warren, you know, it's not like the NBA or hockey or even basketball or even baseball where you're like playing all the time. You're playing once a week. So in my head, I never really thought there was that much of an edge. I never really thought it was that big of a deal. Um, but you got a pretty big sample size. I just, the only reason why I'm sharing that is because I'm a guy, I played seven years and never really thought it was a thing. And frankly, I wouldn't really believe it unless Warren had those numbers because I'm going to always take data like, look, the anecdotally is great, but the numbers are the numbers. My other question, though, is, is this stuff enough to affect season win total bets? A lot of people want to bet season win totals right now. So I've read your thing where it's like the 10 teams with the hardest schedules, only three of them went over. And I think the 10 with the worst schedule or the easiest schedules, only three of them went under. Is that correct? Their season win total? That, that's correct. That's based upon the strength of schedule using win totals as opposed to this rest calculus that we're doing now. But yes, that's exactly correct. Okay, so we can take your rest disparity stuff from your articles and the teams that have the most and the worst, and we can and we can take action on their season win totals. Like if you're the if you have the second uh, biggest disparity, oh, so it's not the rest disparity; it's the it's the how tough the schedule is. Exactly, exactly. So let me let me let me answer your first question first, then we'll talk about this. The first question. Um, it is interesting that you didn't note, notice it uh, physically in those games. But what I will say is this, that that's the key with looking at the rest edges is it's going to impact the teams later in the season that are weaker the most. Um, having a rest edge week three of the season by one day is not that big of an advantage. Um, the other thing is you guys, like you said, are generally speaking creatures of habit. Um, I, you know, I talk to coaches. They absolutely hate a Monday night game because it means that they're not going to get home until the wee hours of Tuesday morning. And then they ha- are behind on their prep, even though the players don't show up to certain day. It impacts the coach's schedule the rest of the way. And the players don't have as much time to rehab their bodies either. Um, and so having the rest disadvantages where it shortens that week by even a day or so does make a difference uh, more so than, you know, I was off of a Monday game and I now have, sorry, I was off of a Thursday game and I have extra rest and this other team was off a Sunday game and they have the standard rest. Um, At first, that may not pose an impact, but a team like the Commanders, for example, this year, they play four different teams that are off of these mini buys where they play the prior Thursday and then they don't play again until two Sundays from now. So it's not a bye week. Uh, but it's 10 days of rest compared to Washington having only seven. Maybe the first game, that's not a big deal. But by the time you get to that third and fourth game, and I think Washington has it happened to them four times from week 10 onward. By the time you get to those last couple games where now these teams late in the year have three extra days to rehab their bodies or come up with a game plan for you uh, to attack some of your weaknesses, that is going to make a bigger difference. So it's situationally, you have to look at these things a little bit more. And then in terms of in general, I always say this when we did the first show a few weeks ago with you on your Ross Tucker podcast, the key is there's there's two ways to look at schedule. And I try to attack it 
more in depth than anybody else out there. You have to look at strength of schedule, which is who you play, which we knew as soon as the final game of the regular season ended last year. And then there's the strength of schedule timing of games, which the NFL completely controls. And we didn't know until last Thursday night. And you have to marry both of these together to try to find edges. Sometimes if they marry together perfectly, you're going to find a really big edge. But there's opportunities to bet just based on the strength of schedule using win totals or just based on this rest inequality calculus that we're talking about today. He is the man. Uh, Warren, can't thank you enough. Absolutely love when you come on. I know it's very popular with the listeners and the people that check us out on YouTube. Wow, Steve is bowing down to you, which is why people should check us out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you got nothing else from this show, it should be to go to Sharp Football Analysis and make sure you get Warren's book. It's unbelievable how many people at the Jersey Shore sit there and they have this like 500-page thing that they're reading while they're at the beach. It's amazing. Check him out on social media, at Sharp Football. He's at Fezzik Sports. I used to think Steve was smart until Warren came on the show. Steve's still pretty smart. I'm just kidding. I'm at Ross Tucker. No, no, no disrespect. This was an awesome episode. Make sure you tell – actually, don't tell anybody about it because then we'll win and they won't. I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.